Hello everyone, you're listening to Skip Intro. I'm Ayman Rashad and in the studio with me is Ian McNally and Julian Yap. And today we are doing another edition of Watch Now in association with Astro. And um, we want to look at a number of shows that are available to watch on Astro's new HBO Go Pack right now. So um, first up is Watchmen. There was a cavalry involved shooting last night. You're going to give me the speech now? What speech? I should calm down before we're at war again. No. There's a guy in my trunk. Delightful. They had a mission. It's only just begun. So Watchmen is based on uh, comics wizard Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' um, comic from 1980s. And this comic is held up as one of the, like, kind of capstones of the form. Mm -hmm. It's like, if if you haven't read it, it is like comics as art. It's, it's the same comics that was used for the movie. Yeah. Okay. So the thing with the comic is that it really plays with the strengths of the comic book form. Almost every page is like a nine-panel grid. Mm-hmm. And the whole comic is like that. So that when you actually get a picture that's across all two pages, it's really striking. Okay. But they all play together and all build into one big story. There's even a section where there's a, a kid reading... What they have, they don't have superhero comics in their world because they have real superheroes. The plot is superheroes came to prominence in the 40s or costumed vigilantes, nearly all of whom are human apart from one guy who had to reassemble his body after it was destroyed in a particle accelerator. As you do. Yeah, this is uh, Dr. Manhattan, of course. This is Dr. Manhattan, if you've Mm -hmm. heard of, yeah. So there's this idea that there's there's a famous line from the comic that there is a Superman and yes, he's American. And this idea that he's the one superhuman and everyone else is just kind of competent. Mm-hmm. So the, all these things come together in a story that also talks about the threat of nuclear annihilation. There's also a repeating motif of the book is the doomsday clock, you know, how close we are to Armageddon. And essentially throughout the comic, it kind of creeps closer and closer to midnight, which is the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And something happens in the comic that kind of sets the clock back to almost zero. And what this new TV show is doing is rather than adapt it, which is what Zack Snyder tried to do, and in which case it was... He kind of adapted it from the the page to the screen quite literally. Yeah, he almost <laughs> did it like frame by frame. Yeah, and there's some things that worked. He did some things that were quite good, like using the montage effect at the beginning, where it's like there's all this back history. The, the, the original comic's set in the 80s, so there's all this history to the comic book he- heroes from the 40s. That is, it's easy to just put in a few photos or a little article, newspaper article in the comic, but if you're telling a movie story, you can't just say, and then let's digress and talk about these characters that won't actually have any major bearing on the story mm. themselves, but the, their actions will. I, I love that montage, by the way. I yeah. think it was, it was a good way to start the movie, sort of like encapsulate the history behind Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like he should have, the movie should have probably done more of that, like actually adapt more. Yeah. For this new series, it's set in the modern day. It's very much set in the world of what would happen if that world continued after that point. And it is taking the comics. It's not taking the movie. There's one major difference between the movie and the comic that I don't want to ruin for people who haven't seen it. But if you've read the comic and were slightly disappointed at certain elements of the climax from the comic uh, that the comic that were missed out on, they're in this. And I was so happy when I saw them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so the, for me, I 
Well, I've watched the film. It was okay. You know, I'm not that fond of the film. And seeing that HBO had come up with a new TV series, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little bit tentative. I'm like, why? What's new here? And you know, we got a preview of, of the first few episodes, and it's great, huh? <laughs> wow, there's a lot of cool stuff in this one. Okay, you were one over straight away. Yeah, yeah I all, think all it, that waffle earlier about the comic being very true to like the best use of the format. The TV show tries to mimic that. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen six out of the nine episodes, and they do things where there are vignettes. I haven't gone back to time it, but it might be the first three to five minutes of every episode is a, a story that like doesn't quite tie in with everything else. Mm. And the, definitely the last five minutes have uh, the Jeremy Irons character and you have to figure out what's going on with him. And that just seems weird. There's this whole weird thing going on with him mm-hmm. and you don't find out for quite a long time it, what it is. It feels like a comic book. It feels like you are going to, you're meeting characters as you turn the page. Yeah. yeah. We should say the setup for this is it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, across multiple times, it's doing the same thing as well with his actions in the past are going to impact the present. And essentially, the story for this is the cops are, there was a massacre a couple of years ago where, you know, this terrorist group murdered all the cops in Tulsa. Oh, okay. So a a local law was passed that the police could wear masks. Now, when this was said in the trailers and stuff, people got a bit worried about it because that sounds like a terrible idea. But they've actually, they've teased it out more than it would looking in those Mm -hmm. original trailers. Like, it's very clearly from the off, when you're a masked cop, you don't get to carry a gun. Your gun has to be authorized. So it's locked in your car and you have to phone home base for a, a, you know, to unlock the gun. Mm -hmm. Because if you're masked, then there's a lot more of a, it's not only that you're masked, no one knows your details. It's actually against the law to out a cop as a cop. As a result, the detectives seem to have taken it upon themselves to like dress like, you know, superheroes. Because superheroes and vigilantes are actually outlawed from the time of the original comic. So you have this armed and costumed police force. You have this group who look like Rorschach from the movie who had the mask that changed face, changed, um, changed colors and patterns yeah. that seem to be slightly alt-right nationalist slightly. Klux Klan guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there seems to be there's, there's weird things going on with them. Yeah. They're not straight up like just, you know, rednecks. They're rednecks with guns. There's stuff going on with them. There's this 100-year-old man who's Lou Gossett Jr., who anyone will remember from uh, Iron Eagle movies, mm-hmm. who's around and talking about stuff and he's being obtuse. Um, the main character is Regina King's character, who she is the night sister. She's basically, oh, okay. she's a cop detective who dresses like a battle nun. <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> and, and you do see the cops do abuse their powers. They mm-hmm. beat the hell out of people to get information out of people and it's only in later episodes you start to realize like the rest of the country some some people from the rest of the country look at them going like what the hell are you doing you know you you should not be wearing masks i mean yeah, you, yeah. you have it in this very local area all of this isn't explained all of this is teased out very mm-hmm. slowly and you will piece together stuff uh, there's a character from the comic book laurie blake you know, she doesn't, she's not in the first episode at all. You would expect mm-hmm. in a TV show you would have a rotate. You know, you'd introduce all your first characters, your characters in the first episode, and then you rotate around them. They don't really do that. They it expands, it contracts. It seems like good. It's good peak TV. You know it what does. I mean? It feels exactly. HBO is the perfect home for this, I think, because it is exactly the kind of show that you want to unveil and watch every single week uh, because it's, you know, you're waiting for the comic book to come out. It mm. feels exactly like it. As someone who hasn't read the comic, who didn't enjoy the film very much, I was, like I said, I was drawn in straight away. I want to find out more. I mean, I'm only 
one episode in, <laughs> but I kind of wish that I could see more of. You know, they tease little bits that, um, you know, the ones the bits that I'm familiar with. So Night Owl. Yeah, there's yeah, a bit of Archie, right? Yeah, there's a bit of everyone, yeah. but I kind of want to find out more. I'm really just waiting to watch episode two. But, um, one of my favorite things about the the movie is is Rorschach. I th- I thought it was a very good character as mm-hmm. well. Like I'm not like locked in here with yeah. you. You're locked in here with me. So um. How, how are the characters different this time in the, in this uh, TV series? Because um, Jeremy Irons is playing a much older version of Ozzy Mandias. Yeah, I mean so, he yeah. he's himself and um, the girl playing Laurie Blake are the only two that really carry over from the originals. Mm-hmm. But there's elements like the L ship and an L ship, I should say, mm-hmm. turns up. But I think that's more about the democratization of technology. It's like oh, well, the police okay. have L ships now, mm-hmm. and you know there's a character who. All the cops are wear masks, so they add their, you know, it's like when you're working in a Denny's, you add a little bit of flair. <laughs> so one guy is called Looking Glass. It's Tim Blake Nelson, by the way, who's... Who's gen- incredible. He's incredible in everything, but he has a Rorschachy style mask, but it's mirrored. But these sons of Rorschach are essentially the anti-terror, the, the terrorist group. And it is based upon, like, you know, the, the book that Rorschach wrote in the movie and in the his diary of detailing the events that happened, including the trick that Adrian Veidt pulled on the world in order to achieve world peace was all in his novel, but it's kind of like, it's an urban legend. Mm-hmm. So people aren't sure if it's true or not. And, you know, you, they all believe in Pro- President Robert Redford and everything he says. And he, if he says that we do certain things a certain way, they kind of do. That's the world <laughs> they're living in. Robert Redford's the president and Vietnam is the 51st state. Oh, yeah. really? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. It feels super relevant to today. I mean, if you're going to have Rorsch, uh, the Rorschach clan team Mm. people if they're supposed to be um, inspiring some kind of movement um, in the 2019 where we have to worry about you know alt-right movements and you also have to worry about police violence and brutality it it ties in very well it feels very relevant and very up to the minute which i didn't feel when i watched the movie Mm. in the first place so i'm very excited to see where that could go and it does seem to like explore those things it it actually explores race in america even though it looked like it was going to fumble that ball completely it does Mm -hmm. explore legacy and what it means and how you maintain how to maintain peace over course of generations or how like the the Rorschach thing is classic because like anyone writes a manifesto it'll get taken out of context and Mm. get spilled off the wrong way and so they're all they're exploring that as well so not only that, it's got a kick-ass soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus Finch. Yeah, you hear that in the first five minutes. And it's instant, you can recognize it, and there's lots of punching. So it's not just a treaty <laughs> on uh, race relations in the US. So we've been talking about Watchmen, which is available now on Astro's new HBO Go Pack. And if you are an Astro Movie Pack customer, you can stream it on HBO Go. And also, it's available on the Astro Go app. So let us know if you are interested to watch Watchmen. <laughs> Because as the question goes, who watches the Watchmen? <laughs> <laughs> so let us know. You can watch that post 018-789-8899. Tweet us at SkipIntroMY or write us at movies at bfm.my. And coming up, we're going to continue our conversation on Skip Intro, BFM 89.9. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. Hello everyone, you're listening to Skip Intro with Ayman, Ian and Julian and we've been talking about uh, Watchmen which is available on Astro's new HBO Go Pack and there are also a few other shows which are available as well and one of them is Succession. I'd like to formally ask you to be the next chief executive of this company. To fight this takeover. We keep close. The whole family. I saw their plan and my dad's plan was better. We're going for peace. There are no rules. You saw what your dad did to Kevin. He could do the same to you. 
$21 billion. Dad. $22 billion. Isn't that just the same numbers? $24. And they can trust me. I love Succession. (laughs) (laughs) I have been waiting to talk about Succession because Mm -hmm. it's uh, my new favorite TV show that I love to watch week by week. Again, uh, like Watchmen, HBO is the perfect home for Succession because we're talking about... um, all going all out, elegance and opulence, but talking about a modern day, a very, very 2019 top 1% Robert, uh, Rupert Murdoch, Trump family succession. You know, oh, okay. so this entire show is about the Roy family mm-hmm. um, and they run this media company and they own, you know, every single company in the world, much like the ones in the, the ones that we have that we know about. So, you know, it, this is headed by Logan Roy, who's played by Brian Cox. And which of his children is going to take over the company? Season one was um, kind of a sleeper hit. No one was talking about succession. Mm. Then everyone was talking about succession. I heard. Was it? After six episodes, it gets really good, but it's okay till then? I think just episode two, and you're already hooked. Just because you... All of the characters are very distinct. So um, there are four kids. Mm -hmm. uh, Kendall, Roman, Shiv, and... The other one doesn't matter. He's, he's not. He's not involved <laughs> in the. That's the Eric business. Trump of the family, is it? Literally, yes. <laughs> and you can kind of, um, you can see one of them is, you know, very slimy, and he wants to climb his way up. But um, another one is, you know, very stoic. He knows what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to inherit the family business. He's gone through all the training. But why doesn't his dad trust him? And you know, another one, she, um, Shiv, she's got her. The, she's got the best head on her shoulders, and she's no. She knows exactly what she wants to do. She has a political mind, but she doesn't want to get involved because why would anyone want to be involved in this disgusting family? (laughs) So imagine the worst people you could ever see, but you love them. I hate and lo- I hate that I love this family, but I love this family so much. They're all so greasy and dirty with um, how they deal with other people because a lot of the time when they have to do a deal or how they um, come out of a deal, a lot of it has to do with are we going to prioritize family love and the succession plan or are we going to keep our best interests at heart? At the end of the day, is it love or is it business? Mm. And mm. Yeah, I don't want to compare it to Game of Thrones, but it is a bit Game of Thronesy. Mm-hmm. But it's set in like New York City, Manhattan, top floor penthouse. You're gonna have name throwing and name bashing, but in a CEO boardroom. Yeah, yeah. And season one kind of ended on a great cliffhanger. It kind of set everyone's place on the chessboard. And season two, everything is completely changed. Seeing it, seeing how it's developed, everyone is different in this one than how they did in the first one. Kendall Roy, who is the oldest son, he's played by Jeremy Strong. He is incredible in this. He, how physically, how he holds himself and speaks is so different in season two than it is in season one. The performances in, in this is completely is, is oh my god, it's mind blowing. <laughs> Sarah Snook is the daughter. She could kill you with a with a look. She's great. <laughs> Matthew McFadden is her meek. Uh, money-grabbing husband and he also wants to stand on his own but he is not denying that he kind of only wants you know power yeah. but he 
deeply loves Sarah Snook's character. Mm-hmm. You've got cousin Greg, who's played by Nicholas Braun, who people would remember from Disney Channel. And um, he is, you know, 25 years old. He doesn't know what he wants to do, but he knows that he wants a job, he wants money, and he wants security. Mm. So there are so many different kinds of characters here that there's one, there's somebody for everyone, and they're just so disgusting. It's sounds so good, fun. And it also sounds like we should keep an eye on Another show that's, that's uh, showing right now on uh, Astro's new HBO Go pack is Band of Brothers. What made you decide to join the paratroopers? I wanted to fight with the best, sir. This is Easy Company. The finest company in this regiment. All these series like Watchmen, Game of Thrones, the HBO mm-hmm. thing, the thing mm. that you associate with when you hear that noise. This is all came from Band of Brothers. Neither of you have seen Band of Brothers, right? I haven't. No. No. Yeah. But I it's do one know of the ones where you know you have to. Yeah, I yeah. Know everyone's telling me to watch it. But I, I know it It was good. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I, I, I still haven't watched it. But apparently mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's the first epic series. Yeah, they had other stuff before this, but this one was like, I think at the time in the 2001 or 1998 when they shot it, it was like $12 million per episode. Oh. And it's the tale of Easy Company, which is a battalion that is getting ready for World War II, and it just follows this group of men. Mm. And I'd, I rewatched a couple of episodes just to prepare for this. I did watch it at the time. It, it It's a bit hard <laughs> with distance to see the difference between this and Saving Private Ryan because Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks were also producers on this. Yes. Yes. Uh, Tom Hanks came up with the story and stuff like that. They based it on some real life books. They got the actual guys who the actors are portraying. Like I, that was the biggest shock oh, to me rewatching cool. it. There's these old guys talk, sitting around saying like why they signed up for the the war and why they went airborne. It's like you get an extra fifty dollars a week to jump out of a plane. It's like sounds good to me. <laughs> so when you see Damien Lewis kind of struggling with command and trying to get his keep his men alive, the real guy is there talking about the same situation. And it starts off with them just getting ready to drop in for Normandy. It goes to the Battle of the Bulge and to them, like, you know, some of them, the end of the war in Europe and some of them being waited to be shipped off into the Pacific. It's only 10 episodes long. Yeah. It's rewatching the first episode again. I wasn't sure which episode it was, but David Schwimmer turns up as this guy Sobel, who is the original head of Easy Company. Wow, I want to see David Schwimmer in 1940s. <laughs> yeah, you do. And yeah. if, I didn't think when I, I remember seeing it at the time, I, I forgot that. I didn't think there would be a show that would make me hate David Swimmer character more than Friends. <laughs> because that was while Friends was still airing. I think it was then. still mm-hmm. airing, yeah. And he plays a commander who is just incompetent and is always with revoking his men's um, weekend passes and messing up oh. and doing that Ross face when he messes up and yeah. putting it on somebody else. And Simon Pegg is standing beside him. Simon Pegg is in this. Everyone yeah. is in this show. Because you've got... Damian Lewis, Ron Livingston, Donnie Wahlberg, Michael Kudlitz, who was in The Walking Dead. He was uh, Sage in Airbnb form. Neil McDonough, Dexter Fletcher, the director of Bohemian Rhapsody, is in this. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh. In Colin a previous Hanks. life. Colin <laughs> Hanks is in this. Um, Stephen Graham, who is also in Snatch with Dexter Fletcher. You see the two of them on, on screen playing Americans. Wow, it's just the longest list yeah, of white they're not men. Even, they're not even playing. And this is, we haven't even got to Michael Fassbender, Tom Hardy, and James McAvoy. Sorry, and Simon Pegg as well. It's like, those guys are small characters. Oh. Mm. So they just like, I don't know, they were just like, had a magic eight ball of like who will be super famous in the next 20 years and looks good in uniform and they put them in this movie and it's super authentic mm. I mean they followed the thing of if you ever played a video game that's set in World War 2 you know the distinctive ping from the M1 Garand as the, as the clip comes out are you mm-hmm. seeing 
uh, Saving Private Ryan, it's the same thing. When they run out of bullets, it goes, bling! Like, that is, like, reinforced in this. Oh, they all okay. carry their same weapons throughout it all. Um, the, the show ages well, does it? Well, because it's all set in the 40s, it all looks great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick, no one's, no one's using a mobile True. phone that's the size of their head. Well, they are actually using a mobile phone that's the size of their head. It's a radio. They have to wind it up. <laughs> <laughs> My it, issue with it is, how am I going to watch a Saving Private Ryan-esque show for one hour you know, how do I watch that in a condensed thing? Because saving, obviously, it's war. People are getting, we're losing people. Stakes they, are high. How am I gonna, you know, get into it? Well, they vignette it, so it's only it's only ten episodes as well. Mm-hmm. So they vignette it. So the first episode is like constantly waiting for the go to jump. They're like they're mm-hmm. they're in England. They're ready to go. They have all their gear. Get all your gear on. We're ready to go. The weather's bad. We're off because they're the airborne group. They have to parachute in. Oh. Parachute par, paratroopers were a new thing. They were a brand new invention back at the time. And then from then onwards, it's just you're catching up with them at course of the war. And, you know, some of them get injured and sent home. Some of them don't make it. Um, there's at least one guy I remember hearing who they say in the movie he didn't make it and the show he didn't make it, but actually he did. And they just like records got lost and he's like, I'm still alive. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so each kind of episode is a little, I mean, they build on them. You're not going to get Damien Lewis's uh, angst over losing someone or, you know, make the worry over his team if you haven't watched the previous episodes. But I do think like you can space these out and watch them. So we've been talking about Watchmen, Succession and Band of Brothers, which are all available on HBO Go. So if you're an Astro Movie Pack customer, you can stream the best of HBO Go because they've got Hollywood and Asian blockbusters, award-winning series, HBO originals and kids shows and more. And you can watch it on demand with your Wi-Fi connected PVR box or on the Astro Go app. And you can also get exclusive access to the HBO Go app, which is um, worth ninety cents at no extra cost. And if you're not on the movie pack yet, you can subscribe from ringgit per month via channel 200 or visit www.watchod.com. So let us know which shows you are interested to watch. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, can tweet skipintromy, or you can write us at movies at bfm.my. 